I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, Matt Donald here. Just let you know once again, as I always do, that I now, as in always, forever and always, have a Patreon! Yay! At patreon.com slash matthewdonald. There you'll find bonus content for both the Ritwit and Paleobites. For the Paleobites bonus content, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals, and this month we're talking about Camp Cretaceous, the Netflix hit show in the Jurassic World canon. The reason why I'm not saying Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous is I'm trying to hide the fact that we've covered so many different things in the Jurassic Park slash World franchise. Look, guys, it's the one big dinosaur franchise out there. If you want there to be two big dinosaur franchises, buy my book, Megazoic, on Amazon.com. Anyways, link is in the description for where you can sign up to the Patreon. Thank you for your support, and have a lovely day! Roar! Growl! Snarl! Bellow! Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast with a brain the size of a walnut. My name is Matthew Dahl, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by the ambassador of bad sci-fi movies everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> trying to, you know, start relations with us, with them, so we could get to know these obscure piles of drek. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha Crack, how are you? Hi, Matt. I'm well. Oh, that's good. Good to hear. The things you've subjugated me to. Nah, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, good. What stuff. you were watching Mel Brooks movies again? Oh, Mel Brooks is great. Ah, I love Mel Brooks. <laughs> oh, Mel Brooks is great. Spaceballs, History of Part One, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, The Producers. Young Frankenstein. Hotel Transylvania. He was involved with yes, some of those. Yes, he, he voiced some of those. He was also in Toy Story 4 in a brief cameo, I which is kind of funny. I saw that when I was looking up his movies the other night. It was like, well, Mel Brooks in a Toy Story movie. Well, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was that to let him loose? <laughs> well, it was like a group of to- part of a group of toys that are all puns off of various old-timey actors. So, like, Betty White was in there. <laughs> Carl Reiner, may he rest in peace. Uh, and who is the other person? Uh, I forgot who the other person was. Uh, but she was another person, and I forgot she's another famous actor, uh, old actor. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question I'm going to ask you: the dinosaur-related question. Um, so I've already asked you because you like to go on like hikes and other adventures. I've already asked you if you could hike. In a prehistoric landscape, what would it be? So I'm going to ask you this time, if you could go on to a modern hike, like anywhere now, but you could take 
a dinosaur or other prehistoric animal with you <laughs> as, oh, a, no. as a traveling a... guide, which one and why? And also, where would you go if you, with when you have this new dinosaur at hand well, or other cre- creature? My first thought is going to be, because this one's actually on my bucket list, Colorado Trail. Yes. Got to be a dinosaur that can handle some shifting weather. Okay. like Probably an herbivore. Yes. Um, hmm. Shifting... Like, how steep is this trail? Well, it varies, actually. Okay. Because it goes Denver to Durango. It's a 500-mile Oh, yes, you've told me about this one. Totally on my bucket list to walk 500 miles across the state. To walk 500 miles. (laughs) I made that joke before with you. (laughs) Um, So, I'm probably... I see how sturdy those Edmontosaurus are. Yeah, I was gonna say one of those because they those actually be we have steady. evidence of them migrating a long ways during the winter because some of them lived up in Alaska in the summer and then once winter hit because Alaska was actually even further up north than the Cretaceous than it is now, and they would migrate down the side of Canada. So yeah, Edmontosaurus would probably be a good one. It and would. if you got really tired, which you wouldn't because you're a machine, but if you got really <laughs> tired, you could ride it. <laughs> well, and uh, any modern predator would think twice about something that size. Yeah, 40 foot long, <laughs> like duck pill thing. <laughs> Gotta figure out a way to feed it, though, or give it enough water. Well, if it was a migratory creature. I guess it's true. It could fast. It would eat something big at the beginning be and then just good... I've walked sections of the Colorado Trail. Yeah. On the southwest end. There's rivers, there's lakes where you camp along. Yeah. Get a, get a drink, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, you have to make sure whenever it poops, it does it in, like, some sort of garden so you can have some, provide some <laughs> fertilizer. Well, I guess I could just do that out in the woods anyways. And then yeah. Get, you know, just get some good greenery there. Yeah. <laughs> So speaking of not walking, not woods, not dinosaurs, not anything we were talking about, we're talking about a giant fish. <laughs> we're talking about Leeds Ichthys today, the fish of Leeds. Leeds is some guy. <laughs> I should I should have Googled who that was. I remember this is actually the second time we've recorded this episode. And I remember the first time we recorded this episode because I lost the episode. Long story. I was I was dumb. The first time I yeah, didn't know who technology. Leeds I didn't know who Leeds was. And I was like, I should have Googled that. Then I forgot. And then now the second time, I forgot again. (laughs) I still don't know who this Leeds fellow is. I could look it up right now in the middle of the recording, but I'm not going to because I want to maintain some semblance of professionalism. Wait, we're professionals? I thought we were just a couple of goofballs who liked prehistoric life. I mean, we're we're all that. It's all the things. (laughs) Uh, but now we're talking about uh, Leeds, like these fish of Leeds. Leeds is some guy, some fish man. He's like Aquaman. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> He's a fish guy. Uh, so Leeds, like these, it's hype. It's a pachycormid, an extinct group of Mesozoic ray-finned fish. Size 46 to 59 feet slash 14 to 18 meters long. It was a filter-feeding carnivore using an array of gill rakers lining its mouth to extract zooplankton from the water when passing through. Uh, time mid to late Jurassic 165 to 152 million years ago location England, France, Germany and Chile quite a range <laughs> indeed but you know the ocean had everywhere ocean, to go if this was an open ocean creature yeah could have been in the, around the entire world you know like realistically could have but as we've talked about before the process of fossilization mm-hmm. it's quite rare and quite finicky yeah there's probably a lot a lot a lot of fossils 
underneath the ocean, like just sitting in the bottom of the ocean that we could never get to. <laughs> or we'll Probably. figure out a way. So I don't know. We we'll, might figure out a way someday. Yeah, most of the time when you find fossils for ocean-dwelling creatures, it's when the it's the the layer of rock has been pushed onto land. <laughs> That's why you find sharks' teeth on top of mountains. Yes, yes. That's yeah, mountains, and sometimes you find place you know, places where it was underwater before, but it's not now. Like Ahem, Colorado. Yeah, like Colorado, or where like, we're recording from. Or like um, you can find so many mosasaur fossils in like Kansas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, that was all underwater before. We were once a terrifying ocean. <laughs> Quite scary. The in, the North American Inter Inway Sea. I forget. There's a name for it. The the one in the Cretaceous period that just split the continent in two. I forget what it is. Uh, I'm so professional. <laughs> I should really do something about that. I, I, I really should learn. I'm trying to teach people in this dumb show, but I can't learn anything myself. I failed. <laughs> I failed all of you. <laughs> Anyways, just describe 1889. See, I failed. I, I, I don't get the years right. Uh, <laughs> The show's canceled, guys. I <laughs> know <laughs> ah, it's going to keep going. It's going to go forever. Uh, pop culture appearances. Uh, Chased by Sea Monsters, a show by the makers of Walking with Dinosaurs. It features a school of them when Nigel Marvin traveled back to the Jurassic period for a seven deadliest seas of all time show. Did you ever see this? Did I ever show you this? Or... I think I have. Yeah, it was pretty cool when he traveled back in time to all these various places. And it didn't say how we traveled back in time. He just did, which was kind of cool. And you, know, you didn't need to explain that. Just had a time-traveling boat <laughs> with a crew on there, you know. I think the Megalodon uh, Sea, though, was too low-placed. It was number three on the Seven Deadly Sea. It should be, like, number two or number one <laughs> because, it, as well as Megalodon, also had Leviathan and a bunch of other predators. <laughs> yeah, Nigel Marvin would not have survived that ocean. <laughs> Let's be honest. Would modern humans have survived any prehistoric ocean? Uh, the Precambrian one, they probably would. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. just a bunch of single-celled organisms. I Yay. mean, they probably would die from lack of oxygen. I mean, if they probably. didn't bring your own tank. But if you're scuba diving in there, you'd probably be okay. Probably. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. Even like the Cambrian Ocean, I don't know because like you have Anomalocaris, and it could probably it was meant. That could probably do some damage. Yeah, because it was meant to like crunch on the shells of trilobites, so it could probably crunch through your arm. Probably. <laughs> if it wanted to. Good news is probably pretty slow though, so you could avoid it probably pretty easily. Uh, the real question is, was it a pack hunter? Uh, probably not. What what would it need to a pack hunted? <laughs> the technical term of pack hunting. <laughs> That's always the, one of the questions that we can't always answer with paleontology though. Is was this predator, any predator, a pack hunter, or was it solo? Yeah, like we have some ideas, but another time there's no way to really prove it. Even if you have a fossil of a big fossil bed of a bunch of them all dying together, you could be like, oh, this could be over a different a period of time, you know? Yeah. Maybe it, it was a lake bed with a sudden yeah. event. Yeah, maybe it was a predator trap where a bunch of different uh, creatures all got trapped and then which attracted more and more predators, you know? Uh-huh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, anyways, as well as uh, that, as the Chase by Sea Managers, they're also in Ark Survival Evolved and Jurassic World, the game, like so many other things. <laughs> That game has so much crap in it. <laughs> so many different creatures. It's crazy. Uh, so not all enormous marine creatures of the Mesozoic era were reptiles. Even though this time of Earth's history is dominated by various groups of reptiles from one biome to the other, on the land, in the sky, and in the ocean, there were several other creatures vying for their chance of greatness, chance for greatness amidst a sea of scales. You know, though, you did miss one pop culture appearance, and it was one of my favorites. Oh. River Monsters. Oh, that's right. With Jeremy uh, Wade. That's right. I remember. He was doing a compilation of the greatest quote-unquote river monsters to stick with the theme of the show. Obviously, a lot of them were ocean dwellers. Yeah, I was saying, that's not really. What kind of river is that? I, mean, I guess you could call the uh, inter- Great American Interway Sea a river, but even then, that was after Lee Zickthes. Yes. And that, and that was not, that's as much of a river as the Mediterranean Sea is. <laughs> <laughs> so. But nonetheless, it featured there, and I actually admit I've been binge-watching that a lot, too. Yeah, well, let me know if you find any, if they talks about any creatures you'd like to maybe discuss on this podcast. Well, there is one that managed to outlive the dinosaurs and still lives in the Amazon today. Oh. Called the Arapaima. What's that? Oh, it is quite the living torpedo. Oh, I think I've actually heard of this one. If it's alive today, though, it doesn't count for paleobites. Sorry. You know, yeah. though, it's, its ancestors outlived the dinosaurs, and yeah. it has modern descendants. Uh, okay, if it has modern, if it has a prehistoric version that's not alive today, then that can count. I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> um, but so, Lee Zichthys is probably the most impressive example of a non-reptile mar- marine creature uh, in the Mesozoic, as it was as a big fish in a sea dominated by marine reptiles, big and small. Of course, most of the time when you imagine big fish, you're probably thinking of cartilaginous ones, such as sharks. Uh, today, the biggest fish is the whale shark. While in prehistoric times, you got ones like Megalodon running the show. Uh, however, Lee Zichthys was actually a bony fish and was, in fact, the biggest bony fish of all time. Which, in and of itself, is actually quite impressive because there are mm. limits on bony fish that there aren't. Yeah. As much on cartilaginous fish. Yes, exactly. Like, today the biggest bony fish is the ocean sunfish, which is a weird-ass fish if there ever was one. And believe it or not, they based a Pokemon on it. I can believe that. <laughs> I think I actually know, I've seen pictures of that Pokemon. I could not tell you for the life of you what its name is. Alomomora. Oh. Right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Photographic <laughs> memory. Yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, there's only certain Pokemon I know. I know Pikachu, I know Charizard, I know... Uh, as well as all the famous ones, like, you know, those. I also know Skygon or Flygon. 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 I don't even know that one, because I didn't get it right the first time. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Pokemon's weird, even with its fossil Pokemon. Isn't there one that's just a bunch of dangling keys on a keychain? <laughs> yes, that is Klefki. Uh, <laughs> it is a fairy type. Yeah. Just 
what's his powers? It jingles, you know, when you, it gets uh, lost when you don't know when you need f- It gets lost when you don't know where it is. It, and you it need collects it lost keys. Oh, okay. There That's you part go. of its uh, shtick. Okay, there we go. At least they're aware of that. It's a mischievous fairy. Type. Starts cars. <laughs> no, it'll most likely steal your car keys. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, um, as for how big Lee Zichthys could get. Uh, there's been a lot of varied estimates over the years, and there hasn't, as there hasn't been a preserved vertebral column discovered as of yet, but by comparing its gill basket, which was quite large, to some of its smaller relatives like Asthenocormus, some earlier estimates were as high as 91 feet or 27 meters long. <laughs> some popular science publications ran with these larger estimates, and sometimes even further exaggerated them, sometimes giving sizes upwards of 115 feet Slash 35 meters long. Which would put it on par with the great whales, which we, as yeah. far as we know, the great whales are the largest bony creatures to ever exist. The largest creatures in general to exist. Like the yes. blue whale, a modern creature, which I think is really cool, is the largest animal ever. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, one absolute behemoth this thing must have been, right? That still would have been an amazing animal to witness in the water. But it wasn't this big, though. Of course it was enormous, but it wasn't that enormous. Due to the square cube law, the mass of something increases exponentially as as its size grows, and the more the animal weighs, the more energy it requires, and the more energy an animal requires, the more oxygen it needs to function. Therefore, the gill caskets would get much bigger relative to its size, the bigger overall it got. So comparing its gill gasket to smaller relatives to determine its size is a flawed approach. Mm-hmm. Currently, the consensus is that Lidzithes was 46 to 59 feet slash 14 to 18 meters long, an impressive animal, but nothing too outlandish. In fact, if it were to get much bigger, the gill crests would reach a point where there wouldn't be enough room in the body of the animal for them to be large enough to provide enough oxygen. That's really no surprise. I mean, look at the size of the gills on, say, a basking shark. Yeah, they're like, obvious when this thing's mouth is open. Yeah, exactly. And they're just they're they're basically cover the entire side of it. Like, and they're mate and in sharks, they're crazy flexible. Right, right, exactly. But yeah, see that's the thing, they're cartilaginous, so they can be that flexible. For this one it for, wouldn't be. Bony fish, yeah, no, yeah. there's gonna be some serious limits because the jaw, as far as we know, opened and closed on the lead six feet. Yeah, so because of these get limits for how big the gills are, um, there's there's a clear limit in how big a water-breathing animal can get. And this is why whales can get so much bigger. They breathe air, which is much easier to intake oxygen from than water. They just take a big gulp, and then that's it. <laughs> yep. Gulp. So, hold it for... Hours at a time, Some sometimes. of them, yeah. Yeah. Um... So, Leedzichthys might have been the biggest bony fish of all time, and a true giant amongst a sea of reptiles... But blue whale-sized, it was not. No. It would have had to have become an air breather at that point. Yeah, in which in which case it's already well on its way to becoming an amphibian. And <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that thing crawling out of the water? <laughs> like the old amphibians, like the early fish becoming amphibians. <laughs> would have had to be smaller for that. Yeah, I was going to say, a 60-foot thing just like, bloop, 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 and everyone on the land is like, what is that? <laughs> What's going on? This thing is too big. It shouldn't be possible. Hey, like a whale, it would be crushed under its own weight. Yes, it would. On the land. Sad day. Sad day. Uh, fun thing to end on, though. Uh, their species name is Problematicus. Well, I mean, given that we haven't found a vertebra <laughs> column. I, it's just 
leads into these problematicus. Why? Is it because it told racist jokes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just the fact that it existed? That's. I guess that's true. <laughs> well, in that case, that should be platypus is problematicus. I'm sure the Aussies have some very creative words. I, I think the genus the name of the platypus is Ornithorhynchus, which is funny because platypus, the name platypus on itself is also Latin or Greek. It means flat foot. <laughs> so why is there another Greek, Ornithorhynchus, which means bird jaw? Uh, why is there another one? It's called platypus. <laughs> I don't know, but anyways, Ornithorhynchus problematicus. That should be the name of the of the platypus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, particularly the male platypus. The one with the yeah, the, the poison spur. Venom. Where, where it hurts so bad. Like, if you get stung by it, you're not gonna die, but you're gonna you're wish gonna you wish it. You'd die because it's like because the most... every other thing in Australia wants to kill you. It's true. It's very very true. Uh, this Who knows if there were venomous dinosaurs down there? Uh, well, according to Jurassic Park, Dilophosaurus is poisonous, but that pff, that's not a thing. <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. Anyways, all right. Well, that's it for this week. Oh wait, no, we forgot to greet. We forgot the, the, the most important part of the show. We forgot everyone's favorite part of the show. Oh, <laughs> what are we gonna keeps... rate this creature? Yeah, everyone's telling me this is their favorite part of the show. I'm not just <laughs> saying that. Yeah, we rate the M1 out of 65 million. Uh, uh, let's see. I don't know. It's pretty good. 60 million. It's pretty. Well, let's cool. go with 60 million. It was an impressive fish. It was. It, it would have been impressive to see. Especially like a whole school of them. Probably like several right. dozen like swimming in the open ocean. Uh-huh. Built like a pot of whales do now. It's just... Well, some whales. Some whales, yeah. I guess you do them... see that behavior with basking sharks. They will swim in a line yeah. and swim through a <laughs> cloud of really krill good or... spot. Just be like... <laughs> it's probably easier for... Uh, water-breathing animal to filter feed because, you know, that way, you know, the air-breathing one doesn't have to deal with all the salt water just in its mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Salt water's disgusting. Anyways, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at mattd at matthewdogcareer.com for any general questions uh, to me or any of the co-hosts. I can relay questions to any of them. You can find me on social media at Mathedon Creator on Facebook, at Mathedon64 on Twitter, and Mathedon64 on Instagram. Uh, if you want to support me on Patreon, I'm at patreon.com slash MatthewDonald. Um, that's pretty good. We talk about some pop culture feature, prehistoric animals. And when we run out of that, I will, which, you know, will be never, but, you know, when we run out of that, I guess we'll talk about other things about dinosaurs. We'll get, we'll, we'll see what happens when it comes. <laughs> um, I also have a book series on Amazon, Megazoic, available for print and Kindle. Uh, dinosaur sci-fi, you know, pew pew, roar. <laughs> I made that joke last time. Uh, there is, I, I think I mentioned the lead zikthes once in it as like a comparison. Like, I'm, there's a small minnow in a pond full of lead zikthes or something is what I I forget. <laughs> I know my own books. <laughs> uh, I also have another podcast called The Rit Wit, where two twits talk about ritting. Uh, me and another guy, Matt David, great guy, great friend. Good guy. Nah, he's all right. <laughs> uh, but also, I, I forgot to mention this last time. If you could rate us on on Apple Podcasts, uh, that'd be great. The more, the merrier. Five stars if you think we deserve it. <laughs> you know, help that algorithm going. Isn't that great? Uh, great. Also, also, I forgot. Natasha here did the illustrations for my books, Megazoic. So you, you had fun with that, right? <laughs> I did have fun with that. Yeah, it was good stuff. All right. Well, that's it for this week. And see at the end of every episode of Paleobites. Glub, glub, glub.
Racist joke. Yeah, how <laughs> problematic of you. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.